Welcome, listeners, to www.ironradio.org, the website and podcast for all things strength sports and sports nutrition. With your hosts, Lonnie Lowry. Remember, Phil is like a gnarled old oak tree held together with scar tissue and bone spurs. Rob Fortney. And I'm telling you, the pain that I would suffer was beyond excruciating. And Phil Stevens. Do it, Rob. You'll kill all those nerves. Thanks for listening. Welcome, IronRadio.org listeners. This is Lonnie Lowry. I'm an exercise physiologist and a nutritionist, and I'm a former competitive bodybuilder. Hey, this is Phil Stevens. I run Strength Guild USSF, and jeez, uh, I compete in powerlifting, Highland Games, and uh, sometimes other kinds of stuff. So We are having our coffee this morning, like usual. Um, hey, Phil, you've been training. I didn't mention this before we hit record, but you're back on the on the field doing some more athletic kinds of stuff, mm. right? How's that, how's that treating you? Are you? Uh, it's actually going well. I'm, I did that last games without practicing, which was kind of stupid, but... Uh, uh, I did well and I won that games, but I think the only reason I won is because I was in the rain. And when you're in a monsoon in, in a mud pile, you can lean on strength a little more. Right, skill goes out the window. Right? <laughs> yeah, skill goes a little out the window. <laughs> so that was like the best possible thing that could happen to me that day. So gotcha. no, I'm throwing again and my numbers are going back up. So uh, it's amazing that when you practice things, you get better at them. So <laughs> finding, I'm finding that to be true again. So and then I've got three people training with me that are going to take up the Highland Games too. So I'm teaching oh, them. To do you know it, what? So. That's motivating for you too. You know? Yeah, it is. It is. The first few weeks, it kind of slows my practice down a little bit because they're learning the very basics. Right. Yeah. So, but it won't take long, and they'll be out there. They'll be to the point where it's, you know, okay enough. They can just we, we'll just throw together. It's so. like sharing something with, with somebody else. Like you're you're excited because they're excited. You exactly. know, in a way, yeah. you and, know, you know, you get going, and then it's the, the tempo of the practice picks up and stuff like that. So, yeah. yeah, we're going out there right now for Highland Games. We do it once a week for about two and a half hours, and then uh, we might pick up another event one day a week. So, yeah, it's going good. It's cool. going good, and then it's just just been real good around here in general. We've got the ladies in here have been kicking butt. We had uh, just PRs like crazy over just the last week. in regular training. I mean, yeah, yeah, and we had like last night we had a. a one of one of the girls uh, got two twenty five on a squat for the first time, and then we had another gal. We call her Nan. Uh, she came in here originally started, and she literally couldn't squat herself. You know, so we had to put her like holding the power rack and let her squat down. And then she'd use her hands to stand up. Okay, yeah. Um, she squatted two ten last night. No, that's so, nice. <laughs> yeah, very nice. So she went from a negative squat to a two ten over the last. It's been eighteen months. So yeah, when I hear tales of women, you know, and they they can punch up over one eighty five, or certainly yeah. they start going over two and a quarter, like in yeah. regular training. That wows me. I don't want to sound sexist, but damn, that sounds yeah. that just looks good to me. I don't know. So yeah, we've been it's been going good here. It's been going real well. And then what else we got? One of my clients was in the USAPL Nationals yesterday, so he he got all his uh, his goals surpassed them. So surpassed the total he wanted by about twenty five pounds. So congratulations, Mike. Uh, Sweet. And bunch of people competing USAPA USPA nationals this weekend. JP Price, a bunch of other guys that I know. So, mm-hmm. yeah, let's Good talk times. about that. Do you have more stuff on that that's coming up? You said there's a bunch of uh, high yeah, end power a meets. Bunch of them. Uh, there's some Highland Games coming up, and then we we just announced uh, we're gonna have our first super total meet, which is because um, we do Olympic weightlifting, 
and or just weightlifting, whatever you want to call it, mm-hmm. um, and, and powerlifting and strongman. So we're, we're, we put together a super total meet where uh, the Olympic meet will be first, and then we have a power meet directly following that. Oh, is that going to be uh, too – how do you do that? Isn't that too exhausting, or how does that work? You no, know, that's the thing. You can enter either or, um, and then the super total is you have to do both of them. Uh, you do both back-to-back, so you'll get a total from all six lifts. Um, yeah, it'll be tough. It'll be tough. And make people rest and uh, eat as much as possible. I, I, yeah. I don't know. It just seems like there's ultra marathons and stuff. When you start pushing the fatigue envelope that much, yeah, definitely yeah, do the power that, stuff first. Yeah. We had, we had talked about it, and we definitely – all our other meets, we've had powerlifting. It's been separate days. Um, and it was also always the powerlifting day first and then the Olympic lifting day first. Super total, we figured we got to do the Olympic lifting first. Yeah. Because it's more dynamic. You're throwing exactly it. right. Uh, so that's the only thing I can I can hope. You're gonna have to come in with the right mindset of I got to go through freaking six lifts and three well six separate lifts, three of each. So yeah. I don't think you're gonna be able to come in and like try and PR everything. It's no, gonna be right. more the person who can last. Pace yourself. Um, yeah. Yes. Yeah. So it'll be interesting. And then following that up is an MMA fights. There's MMA fights. So we're actually talking with the. Uh, the guy who promotes that, and we're trying to get him to talk two of the fighters into doing the super total meet. So they would literally have to do an Olympic lifting meet, a powerlifting meet, and then in a couple hours, they would fight each other. <laughs> I get, my God. Yeah, this and, does remind me, like, you know, the ultra marathon guys, you know, they run like 100 miles and cra- do crazy stuff like that. It's sort of like that, except with this, it's... It seems even more brutal. Those guys are just yeah. running in one direction. You oh, know? man. Uh, I got to imagine you'd be wrecked for a couple of weeks after that. But uh, we'll, we'll see if we pull that off. But no, it's going good. Another than that, what, what else did I post up there that yesterday as far as the USSF goes? Um, I got word that another federation, uh, if you compete in the USSF, you receive a two-year ban. Oh, no. Why does it have to be that way? That's I was like, hey, man, you're doing something right if people start instituting two-year bans on you. I guess so. so. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. um, No, lots going on there. Um, What else in the powerlifting world? Strength and Muscle Sport News. Benedict Magnuson is making another run-up and looking strong. Uh, They had an interview with him, and he was talking, you know, he just seems excited about training again um, from when he pulled that 1,018 or whatever it was. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's like, I had nobody close to me after that, you know, because uh, what's his name? Andy Bolton kind of retired. So he's like, I was in a world of my own. <laughs> you know, there was nobody up near that 1,000-pound barrier. So he kind of went lackluster, and he didn't have anything pushing him. And he's like, now there's some guys making a real run at it, and it's kind of lit a fire under his ass. Well, you know, Phil, that's an interesting mix because most powerlifters I – hear speak about their lifts they're like i compete against my past best and Mm -hmm. but there is i imagine you get up to echelons like that you do want someone pushing your neck and neck a little bit you know different because there's not many guys that are literally the there's only one at a time that has lifted the most you know so and he's that guy so Mm -hmm. oh even your high level guys i mean there's always somebody that uh, this guy squatted more than me this whatever and he literally just, he was in a world of his own, you know, being the only person to not only break the 1,000-pound barrier, but do it raw. So, I mean, there was just nobody up there with him. You know, so, Phil, that reminds me of that quote. I just 
saw this yesterday, but in the 300 movie, they're standing up on a cliff. They're looking down over the Persian armies, you know, that vastly outnumber them. And he starts laughing. And the one guy says, why are you laughing? You know, this is this is scary. And he says, you know, we Spartans, we look for a, a chance for a beautiful death. And he says, I hope with all the armies of the world before me, maybe someone is up to the task to defeat me, <laughs> you know. And it's yeah. that kind of thing, because when you're I guess when you're a badass, um, yeah, you want to yeah. clash. You want the epic clash. You exactly, know. and that's kind of what it seemed like. And oh, there's a video of him doing 410 kilo, so that's 902 pounds. And like I was telling you about, it looks like he's it looks like me lifting 405. I mean, it's just stupid. And he just kind of smiles and sets it down. It's like, oh, yeah. <laughs> he's got a good chance of breaking that. So we'll see. That's Sweet, coming up. you know, that's cool. Yeah. Well, on a much smaller scale, I mentioned months ago with my own training because uh, I get so sucked into you know, I, like I said, the last several days I was traveling, and you know, it's just hard to do this with work and everything, but. I've been experimenting with volume um, because we were talking about how volume uh, in bodybuilding is very important. You know, there's generally two ways to look at this. I remember Eddie Cohn saying, well, if you just get strong, you'll get big. But then there's also a more volume type approach. And they were talking about that down in ISSN in Florida recently. And so for the past couple of months, I've been just doing more volume. And it's hard for me to do this because I feel like um, I feel like a recreational lifter in a way that in that I'm going in, I'm doing whole body work, you know. So I literally would go in and like bench, uh, military press, row, squat, or hack, uh, you know, whatever. And, you know, uh-huh. I'm throwing in, sure, dumbbells and that sort of stuff. And I will do arms, uh, usually arm work at the end. But the point is it's three or four times a week that I'm getting the, that stimuli. I'm not destroying my legs. You know, yeah. I'm not annihilating my pecs like when I would do a four-way mm-hmm. split. And um, it works. I mean, that yeah. – that, frequency um there was a speaker schoenfeld uh was his name down in florida and he actually talked about manipulating training frequency and that's Mm -hmm. the kind of thing that frankly my work schedule is always dictated you know but uh Mm -hmm. because sure manipulate volume as far as the number of reps or number of sets or or certainly the intensity you know the weights but um frequency so i i don't know i just i've really noticed more muscle mass basically i mean i do think i know rob says volume kills but that's when you're training in like a 85 to 95 percent range probably you know what i mean when you're in a low slightly lower you know like a eight rep range kind of Mm -hmm. thing um i don't know i if anybody's out there and you're like you know i want to do a conditioning phase or general training phase or i'm just getting into it um I've just kind of forced myself behaviorally to throw away that three-way or four-way body parts bodybuilding split, you know, and just do whole body basic compound movements. Um, I really feel like it's working. I mean, yeah. I don't know. It's something that I do. I mean, I just got done with a phase like that after my meet, and it, I'm like, it makes me feel better. Yes, um, yes, it does. You've got to take breaks from those times. And, yeah, because you're – in a phase like that, you're never really – it demands that you're not pushing things to the limit because, right. you know, in a day or two, I got to come back and do it all again. Um, yep. So uh, orthopedically and stuff, it made me feel quite a bit better. Um, and I'm just now this is week one of going back now away from that. Um, and I'm to more of a stage where it's OK. Tuesday is like squat event day. <laughs> and I go right and we kill it. But I think it's I think it's a smart thing to to cycle through that stuff. And I think you need to give it. I think where people mess up is they'll well, i'm gonna do this for two weeks and i'm gonna do it. no you need to give it a good run you yeah, know give yeah, yourself you three or four months and yeah. do this um yeah that's yeah, one of the best things i think we could do as 
you know, professionals in the field is give people realistic timeframes. Because if you look at media, whether it's online or a magazine, you're not going to get realistic timeframes. You're right. You've yeah. got to do these things. Say, listen, this for 12 weeks, I'm going to do this, yeah. you know, and pick a decent meso cycle so you can adapt and, <clears throat> and eat, you know, and figure something out, you know, mm -hmm. I don't know. Yeah, exactly. And it's, yeah, no, that stuff's fun. It's fun to change things around a bit. I think the mass majority of people change crap too much, but, uh, you know, I think a lot of our listeners are more serious and they stick to things. And uh, But I bet our listeners will know this, too. I mean, it's really hard behavioral for me, behavior-wise, to um, back off. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, like I literally just do three or four sets, depending where I'm at, of, you know, heavy dumbbell presses. And then just three to four sets of leg presses or squats. And then three or four sets of rows. Because you can't destroy any one body part. You won't have enough central sort of you know whole body systemic energy to move on to the next lift because these are all basic lifts and it's also res wrestling mentally with this idea that oh i'm not even lifting heavy you yeah. know because it's not um but i don't know if you can overcome that idea that this isn't heavy enough or i'm not exhausting myself enough and maybe that's more on the bodybuilder mentality um it'll pay off i really think it pays off like you said I, even for yeah. a powerlifter like you said maybe just um when you're not in the super high power and strength phase, smack on some muscle mass because you don't need 95% loads to oh, put on muscle mass. You yeah, know? and it's – for me in a stage like that, I, de I have to have things written out. Like I've got to have it written down for me because I, if not, I always want to deviate. From, I can't just go in and say, okay, you're going light today. Well, what's that mean? I, I always end up packing too much on That's there. a good point but, because quote unquote light – it, yeah, you know, light, as yeah. in lower intensity, but it yeah. doesn't. It shouldn't mean joke. Yeah, you know that'd be the because then you're just doing junk reps, whole junk workouts. And yeah, it, yeah you're so right. I, yeah, you got to have some some structure. I have it written out, and then it's like, okay, go do this, and then then I I, I cannot allow myself to go up higher because that's my my problem is I generally just go up too heavy. Um, when I get in an area like that, well, but, I tend to do it. I mean, for me, too heavy, but you know what I mean. Like I'm trying to grab just. Um, I don't know. The 90-pound dumbbells are very comfortable for me, you know, and I feel like, oh, I should really have the 110s in my hands. I mean, that's just me. I know some people are like, oh, it's nothing, but uh, fine. But, you know, for me, it's hard to just to grab those <clears throat> 80s or 90s and do sets of 15 or whatever, you know. And yeah. Uh, But, yet, like you said, it's your the purpose is to raise volume by mm -hmm. manipulating frequency, not just drawing out yes. three-hour sessions, but more days a week or more yeah. total repetitions like you were uh, – alluding to a couple months ago about a dose you know you're dosing people with x number of reps uh you know dosing iron if you want to think about it that way so we can while we're talking about iron we might as well bring up this uh the american muscle show i kind of brought it up a little bit with you and you hadn't really heard of much of it but mm -mm. there's been a lot of talk about it. a lot of people really looking forward to it so far the uh the reviews haven't been outstanding. Oh boy! Um, now wait, is this this isn't ESPN or something, is it? Or where is yeah, it? It is on. Jeez, let me find it. Because um, in the old days, a lot of that stuff that I used to watch, like Body Shaping and American Muscle, I'm almost sure that was all ESPN stuff. Yeah. Or you know, some um, kind of I ESPN think this two. Is a, more another uh, American MUSO TV show. So it, I think it's, it's, it's more network. one of the networks. Okay. Uh, American Mike Board Discovery Channel. Oh, oh, um, okay. So, and it's basically it's following Mike Barwis, who is a strength coach. If you find, if you go look him up, uh, 
says he did 14 years at West Virginia University, this and that. And I don't know. The, the, the reviews so far, I think it's, it, it's turned out to be more of your reality TV show type thing. So it's him, you know, and a bunch of drama and yelling at people that are doing half squats and running people into the ground with CrossFit type training methods. And the problem I had from it from the start was I'm not saying I know everybody in the industry, but I know a lot. And like, if you go on here, they they market this guy as like the world's greatest freaking strength coach. Like ever. everyone should know this guy. Yes, yeah. and yeah. it's like he's marketed to where he should be. Like he's America's greatest freaking trainer and strength coach. And I've never fucking heard of him. So, oh, sorry. Okay, well, yeah, so <laughs> yeah, this okay. is like, um, but this is general training. Then it's not like a bodybuilding kind of focus. No, then? this is athletic. Okay, so it's like, you know, they market him as like the the best trainer for NFL athletes and this and that. And it's like, man, I mean... Well, if it's... Like we said before, we hit record a little bit. If it's that whole Jillian Michaels, I'm just going to try to uh, look good and insult my clients. That's... Unfortunately, that feeds that stereotype. Those shows get popular. And again, I don't know nothing about... I I know nothing about this dude. But Mm -hmm. maybe he's great. Maybe he's not. But the point being is I think that's that... The marketers behind shows like that, they want to shove that stereotype out there because obviously, look at Jillian, it sells. I mean, when I get on, um, we've got Amazon Prime, you know, so we can just watch a bunch of movies and stuff. Mm -hmm. And um, I swear to God, it feels like half of their entire collection that they're offering for free is Jillian frickin' Michaels. And, you know, I'm like, I don't want to just watch her insult a bunch of people, you know. And, I mean, I've listened to some of those podcasts that she does just enough, and I'm like, yeah. Oh, all right. Well, I mean, I understand that I went to school for that for a long time, and she's she, to me, she, she's just sort of an excited amateur in a lot of ways. I mean, she makes more money than I do, so she's not literally an amateur. But you know what I'm saying? It's that. Yeah. It's just that I'm a trainer, and I I bark at people, you know. And like I said, she sticks her little lean tummy out there, and I don't know if this is the same guy kind of thing this guy is doing or not. You know, but beat people into the ground. Yeah, I'm just. I think it's so. I haven't seen it. So I don't keep cable at my house, but I'm, I'm, I want to watch a show. But, I mean, sadly, everybody was looking forward to it. I think it was hoping it'd be, hey, they're actually going to follow a strength coach. You know? And so right. far it's been more of a you know, reality TV show. Oh, yeah. I, I, it would have been nice if they actually went into, you know, if they went into jail, Holdsworth facility or something yeah, like that. You know, Let's see what they're actually freaking doing. Not just yelling at people amen. running the ground. Amen. Phil, there mm-hmm. is a show there. You know what I mean? Yes. They could have all the drama and all of the uh, striving and blood, sweat, and tears they wanted if they would just do a quality mm-hmm. uh, documentary or reality show Yeah, about what goes on in a strength oh, yeah. gym. You know? I, I mean, I we joke about it here. But with all the drama that goes on in gyms, especially, it seems more so in strength-based gyms, it's like, holy crap, you don't need to make up stuff. Injuries. If they just, if they com- just came yep. and filmed, it's, it's there. Yeah. They're going to have to edit it. But That's what I'm saying. Uh, it's just such a rich – yeah. if you're, anyone is listening out there who's in media, <laughs> wow, you guys, somebody do a reality show. Yeah, you wouldn't have to embellish very much. I mean, like I said, injuries, comebacks, c- competitions, uh, oh, yeah, you know, travel – you get around strong people and athletes, you're dealing with personalities anyways. You know? That's so, a good point. Yeah. You you know, are, most, yeah. Of, most, most of them are, 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 are pretty animated people. So. <laughs> yeah. Um, nice save. Least, I mean, yeah, <laughs> animated. So. Right. Yeah. So, <laughs> I mean, I mean, could you imagine like if we had a reality TV show with like Windler and Dave Tate and you I know, know. it beep. 
beep, they wouldn't have to beep. act at all. The, you, you know, know they, they beep out every other word. Yeah, yeah, because, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, they, the way they no swear words. it, yeah, they're no. dripping with personality. Uh, I hope this, I hope it ends up being better than, than what it, we've heard so far. And I'll go on and I'll wait for it to be on Netflix and I'll buy a couple episodes. And, but if anybody has any more, uh, keep the reviews coming. Hopefully they'll be better. But, uh, and if anybody you know, knows this, Coach Mike Barwis, please, you know, shoot some stuff. I mean, if he actually is legit, I'd love to hear more of his stuff. I'm always up to learn things. But, you know, thus far, it's like, I know the resounding theme is man. All he does is run people into the ground. And you know, I do them. know uh, someone with the last name Barwis in the in the oh. sports nutrition fitness industry, and I wonder if there's a relation. I'll I'll look into it too. He went to says he got his anatomy and physiology from Temple. Okay. So, but well, other than that, I and then worked at West Virginia University. So, well, maybe we'll do a review. You know, coming up yeah. if you can watch a so. couple. Well, I'll tell you what. Let's go to break real quick. Okay. Um, and then we'll just answer. But you got some questions, yeah. Yeah, I got a few, and then I think you got a few. So Yeah, and we'll try to mix in some science and stuff. I just got to grab some more coffee, everybody. Remember, we're doing this for real <laughs> in the <laughs> morning, Phil and I, so. Yeah, okay. So. This is Dr. Lowry with an update on the protein book that you hear about in the ad at the end of the show. Uh, if you simply Google CRC Press and protein, uh, there's a new development. On the right side of the page, you can see ebook, and there's a purchase slash rent option. And the cool thing here is if you check that out now, because they have an agreement with Vital Book, uh, you can actually download the ebook for $69 US dollars. So that's 31% off the $99.95 uh, cover price. So that's pretty fantastic. $69, I think that's going to drop it into the affordable range for a lot of people. And you can even rent it. Uh, lower down the page, they have 180-day rentals and one-year rentals. So you can access the book in electronic format and get some of this juicy information. So thanks. Hi, this is Dr. Lonnie Lowry, and on behalf of Phil and Rob, I'd just like to let listeners know that if you love us or you hate us, we'd like you to leave a comment or perhaps vote for us on iTunes. It helps us out quite a bit on the popularity side of things. Uh, you can also follow uh, Dr. Lowry, me, on Twitter. Uh, it's Lonman7 on Twitter if you want to do that. We also have a Facebook page, the Iron Radio uh, listeners page. So... Uh, whether it's leaving a comment or voting for us or following us on Twitter or Facebook, uh, that would be fantastic. Also, uh, occasionally Rob or myself will write an article for another website and Phil will as well. So lots of ways to um, interact, uh, follow us in other media and vote for us and uh, keep things going strong on Iron Radio. Thanks. <laughs> Fix of Iron Radio. In addition to being a popular institute on iTunes, we are also on email. Simply go to www.ironradio.org and sign up for the voluntary email. You'll get a once per week email, no more, that's little more than the show notes and a link to the audio. 
So go for it. Okay, everybody, welcome back. It's Lonnie and Phil, and we're going to do some just um, listener questions. We've got some via email. We've got some from the Facebook page, uh, and maybe everybody can glean uh, something from these. I'm going to start with a fairly quick one because I I know what Phil thinks, and I tend to agree. Uh, we gave a little bit different responses, but um, we got one from, let's see, uh, Sean, and he was saying, Basically, here's my question. If someone was considering a personal trainer certification, uh, whether it be just to increase their own knowledge or supplement their income in an already stable career, what should one look for in a reputable program? Are there particular organizations which are Iron Radio approved, etc.? Um, so I, we'll leave it at that. Um, my response was it depends on what you're looking at. I mean, there seemed to be some interest in sports nutrition there. And so... I said traditionally the National Strength Conditioning Association, especially the the strength coach, the CSCS mm-hmm. level, is a good certification. Uh, they do have the uh, lower level personal trainer, the CPT, mm-hmm. Certified Personal Trainer. That does not require a university uh, degree in order to do, whereas the CSCS, you got to have your bachelor's. But um, I would think if you're interested in sports nutrition, now it doesn't mean you can just go practice it in any state. And I think you got to be careful with nutrition because nutrition is different, right? It's licensed healthcare, and it's hard for me to make some people understand this. But the ISSN, the International Society of Sports Nutrition people, we mention that on the show all the time. They have a certification that would go very nice for general knowledge. I mean, it does enhance a personal trainer's resume to be a member of that group or to be certified because it shows formal interest you know formal involvement you took a test that was written by phds and dietitians and whatnot and you know so the cissn for people interested in the kind of sports nutrition stuff i just applied for fellow status in the issn um and got it now obviously to be a fellow you got to have some scientific publications under your belt and you know service to the profession and all that but i did that because uh, and that's not free but i did it because it's worthwhile for me you know even at my level so recognition in some way um there's the american fitness academy or some guys i was just working with out in in los angeles sort of an education company as well Uh, so if it is for what the sean asked which is personal enrichment degree you know maybe add some income and that sort of thing those are some options that i know are good because i'm involved with them um, but you got to be very careful because there are over 350 different uh, personal training certs out there, uh, and a lot of them aren't worth the paper they're printed on. Yeah. You know, and I know you kind of gave him some cautionary advice with that. Yeah, and that's kind of I agreed with you. I mean, I think if if it's one that well, I gave him, I, I hope honest advice was if it was like if you're just needing this thing to get a job, <laughs> you know, which like a lot of clubs you have to. You know, my advice was get whatever one you can the easiest and whatever one that they, you know, make you get. And just know that you're probably not going to learn much. Um, if you're actually right. looking to learn something and get something more credible, then, yeah, I lean towards the CSCS more. Um, and if he's purely just looking to expand his knowledge, you know, my advice was, you know, go to school or, you know, people can t- you can take night classes you know, in this stuff or, you know, save your money and go spend three, four days with this coach, three, four days with that coach, you know, and just get the hands on stuff working with these guys. Right. If you're looking to ex- just expand your knowledge, 
Um, you're not going to get letters behind your names and everything, but you're but you're going to get real world experience from right from the mouth of it. You well, know? and you know, networking. I mean, if you yes. if you take a class. <laughs> That's a great idea. I mean, nothing would stop you from being a guest student in a local university. If they have yeah. a strength, like I teach a strength conditioning class, and I think the average personal trainer who had some experience, they would love that class. It's a nice mix of science. and the, But you also talk about the practical stuff like programming, it, a little bit more advanced programming. And yeah. then, you know, you network. You get to know a professor and all his or her connections. Um, mm-hmm. But I know what you're saying. If you're if you're good, like if you know you have a lot of experience and you know uh, you're intermediate or higher, let's say, in powerlifting or bodybuilding kinds of stuff, um, and you just need a certificate for a job, then jump through the hoop if you have yes, to. Yes, you know? exactly. Yeah. Okay. Uh, but but you, yeah, for knowledge, I mean, I I don't know. I'm a fan of it. I'm a fan of just like, hey, I want to know what Lonnie knows, so I'm going to go see Lonnie. <laughs> You know? Well, it's also it's very efficient because you could read books, and I'm a big fan. Yeah. Everybody knows, right? I mean, I, I'm a total nerd, and Phil, you're reading books yeah. on all kinds of stuff, and not just not just textbooks, but books written by famous coaches and whatnot. Yeah. Um, but it's it is very efficient to go actually ask to go yeah. sit down and talk to someone, mm-hmm. and you know, and cut through uh, the wheat from the chaff, sort of. So. Yeah. So. Yeah. So um, the next one I got is there was a nice. Uh, Somebody posted about stomping your feet before a squat, and he was asking. You know, he tried it for the first time, and he said it seemed like it got him fired up. And he's seen some other big lifters do it and talk about how it, it fires up the CNS and stuff like that. Um, you know, I, I I mentioned on it. I don't personally stomp my feet, but I think we all have our little clicks. And like I mentioned on there, like there's this uncontrollable thing I do. Like I hop up and down before I deadlift. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's just something I do. You know, I, I get bouncing and, you know, it's come back to bite me a few times. I did it when I was standing under my mono lift one day. I like went and started to do my hop and I ran my head right into a 500 pound mono. Oh. <laughs> and, uh, but, hey, more, more but, uh, stimulus there, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> and it was like, oh man. But, uh, no, I was just going to see if you had anything as far from the scientific side. Yeah. Not about stomping per se. Uh, I did mention on the show a couple of weeks or months ago about I used to have a martial arts instructor and he was saying, you know, you don't have to do all that yelling and stuff, you know, when you lift Just simply be very Zen and you must come up because I want you to rise off the ground. And so it's like, no, you I'm like, I, I think those guys are doing it for peripheral input. You know, the more you can send sensory input into your nervous system, the more you jazz it up, you know, and it, I think it's purposeful. It's not just animal uh, ignorant behavior. Uh, now, I didn't find anything about stomping. I actually do that a little bit. I Well, I don't squat as heavy right now, but when I do, I'll, I'll smack my belly, you know, and I'll stomp my feet. And so I just took a quick look just now to see what I could remember. I know that we've had uh, Bill Eben on ages past about those mouthpieces, and I think that's a big thing with those mouthpieces is that by clenching really hard or, like, even squeezing the bar really hard um, purposefully, you get more sort of central nervous system input. But here's... I got two little papers real quick. One, Journal of Strength Condition Research, uh, February 2014, acute effect of a commercial bite-aligning mouthpiece on strength and power in recreationally trained men. Now, I think one of the key things here is recreationally trained because at least in the caffeine research that I've done, um, trying to take these guys, they don't really have the machinery in place sometimes, I think, to pay off. You know, like I feel like I'm dumping caffeine into a, uh, recreationally trained college age lifter, mm-hmm. and I don't know if they have the nervous system development to really cash in on that. And I, that might be what's happening here because I don't think they found much. They said they looked at rate of force development, 
and that's sort of that dragster effect, you know, from zero to 100 miles an hour over in, in under a second. Uh, it would be like the dragster analogy, but um, they looked at a couple different things on uh, counter movement, jump height, uh, rate of force development. Again, that dragster effect at 200 milliseconds into the lift. That's a pretty traditional time to look. Um, uh, one rep max in the bench press, uh, but it said these data indicate the use of this particular jaw aligning mouthpiece uh, specifically in an attempt to produce an ergogenic effect is unwarranted. They didn't see much happening. And like I said, I wonder if it's population specificity there because they were untrained or uh, uh, lightly trained. Mm -hmm. uh, that's Allen and colleagues. Uh, but that kind of goes along the same lines, you know, clenching down, biting really hard, um, people smelling salt, smacking yourself. We've talked about this sort of stuff before. I think you can do that purposely. And here's another one that uh, also um, 2014, January, PLOS One, Public Library of Science, startle auditory stimuli enhances the performance of fast dynamic contractions. So interesting stuff. Fernandez del Olmo and colleagues, um, they basically gave people visual stimuli and auditory stimuli or a startling auditory stimuli, and then they looked at peak rate of force development. Again, uh, that dragster effect. Bar velocity, you know, meters per second. Uh, onset of movement, that sort of thing. Um, it says the startle condition induced an increase in rate of force development, also peak velocity, uh, and a reduction in the movement onset and duration uh, in comparison with the other, you know, like the visual stimuli or the audio that was not startling. Um the onset activation of the pectoralis and triceps muscles was shorter for the startle stimulus than for the other two uh, conditions. So they think you should explore um, this sort of abrupt, even startling nervous system input. So uh, pretty cool. And I, I hope that answers the listener's question, at least partially, because I didn't find anything about foot stomp, you know, specifically. But yeah. Uh, yeah, that's kind of a cool question. What did you have next? Um, let's see. This is from Tom. I, hi, longtime listener. I just signed up as a supporting member, so thank you, Tom. Um, should have done so a long time ago. Uh, how can I submit questions for the show that might be answered? You know, basically, Tom, quickly... Um, if it's something that we think everybody thinks about or wonders about, we'll do them on air. It's really hard not to, you know. And, of course, we just use first names for privacy reasons, but uh, but you know who you are. Uh, this one was mostly nutrition-based. Uh, can I build muscle with branched-chain amino acids, or is it an incomplete protein that only spares muscle? Um, uh, well... We actually answered that in part on a show with Nick Bird. Nick Bird's a very bright guy, humble and brilliant. Um, he worked under um, Stu Phillips up there uh, in uh, Toronto, among other impressive labs. But he said the research that he's seen, because their lab looks at leucine metabolism. There's three branch chain amino acids, right, the bodybuilders have been taking for years. Leucine, isoleucine, and valine. And a lot of people talk about the perfect ratio of each, and that's fine. But to me, I just cut the chase, and I just take straight leucine if I can, or a leucine peptide. Um, he was pointing out, because I said, if you take enough leucine to trigger muscle protein synthesis, and uh, Phil, you remember talking about this, like I think mm -hmm. you were saying, it's like flipping on a light switch. 
but is there juice in the wire, you know? And so leucine flips on the light switch. It's a great analogy. Um, but you've got to have a whole pool of other amino acids. And that's what you're saying. Like, is it so incomplete? Will it stop? Because I asked uh, Nick, I said, if you take the branch chain leucine, uh, again, sort of being the key one, uh, and you don't eat other protein along with it, will the leucine have nothing to work with? Or will other, you know, will the cellular pool of amino acids still somehow get uh, inter-organ exchange? You know, like amino acids rearrange in your body all the time through inter-organ exchange. Will somehow the cell have enough in there? And he said, no, it looks like actually by itself, the branch chains, uh, or leucine in particular, um, it'll almost immediately exhaust the, the free amino acid pool and you won't get prolonged muscle protein synthesis. So um, my approach with that has always been pop your three grams of leucine or if you prefer a branch chain tablets, whatever, um, and then at least get half a dozen up to maybe 20 grams of quality protein with it. Uh, one of the neatest applications I've seen, and this, we sold those leucine brownies last year, actually, as part of a fundraiser for my students. But, um, you know, there's literally only like six or eight grams of protein in there. But when there's three grams of leucine mixed in, it has the anabolic effect of a full 20-gram scoop of whey protein. And, again, that's Stu Phillips' lab. They do a lot of that impressive protein work up there in Toronto. Um, so I think that's how you use that. You could diet with it. You could trigger muscle protein synthesis, but by itself, yeah, those things aren't going to provide the calories or the other building blocks that you need. Yeah. You know, I don't know, Phil. Have you ever used straight branch chains? Just yeah, I messed around with a little bit, but not enough. And I think it's it's good to hear somebody back up kind of the stuff I've been telling people mm -hmm. was that kind of you know it's leucine's the kind of the light switch. And, you know, the other amino acids are the power that goes through that light switch. And, you know, so if you turn that switch on and you've got no power hooked up to that line, you, there's not much happening. Right. And that so, power that power would be the uh, the full scoop of protein or whatever, yes, the peanut butter exactly. sandwich, something. So, um, and it's one of those cases where, I don't know, I think it's it's largely due to supplement companies, but they take this information. And the next thing you know, is like, everybody needs to take leucine. And it's like, and they forget about everything else. Um so it, it's good to hear somebody back that up. And, like, uh, I think leucine's great. I mean, you can't deny the evidence. Um, no, you can't. In fact, a, let me say this for everybody. I, that is Phil Stevens. I'm, I'm, let's, get it, <laughs> let's get it out there for posterity. The light switch analogy is Phil Stevens, <laughs> Coach Stevens, <laughs> Kansas, USA. <laughs> there you go. And, I mean, it's, it's just uh, you got to remember you can't, you can't just take one thing and at the expense of everything else and expect to get jacked. You know, you still need some calories. You still need the other uh you know amino acids and things like that where it's i'm a big fan i think whey protein is great you know it's already high in leucine there you go right i'm i'm big at simplifying crap so well you know what years it's like man i need stuff that's just 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 give me this and let me go yeah well you know? uh, nick, uh, nick actually <laughs> described this dr bird um if people meet him dr bird please i mean you know give him some respect even though he won't demand it but the point being is um yeah, he just basically said it like this. He said the leucine content of the meal is what makes it more anabolic. You know, mm -hmm. it's directly related to protein synthesis, the leucine content of the meal. So if you get something like whey, like you said, why is whey good? Well, it's fast acting. It'll rush amino acids into your bloodstream as opposed to casein that clots in your stomach and is slow. Or if you eat a chicken breast because it's solid, it'll be slower. Mm -hmm. um, but also, yeah, the leucine content. So I would, wouldn't be doing this with – if I took two scoops away or even one – I probably wouldn't augment that with leucine. Why would you do that? It's rocking loaded with leucine. Yeah, I mean, exactly. maybe a, one gram added. I don't know. But, yeah, um, 
like I said, I think its real benefit could be on lower calorie diets or when you're you're at least trickling in some other protein. So, what do you uh, you got more? Uh, Yeah, the next one I had was a study that came up. uh, Gregor posted it on our Iron Radio page, but. Uh, BAT, brown epidose tissue, has been all over the news lately, and he put up a study on PubMed that uh, temperature-acclimated brown epidose tissue, epidose or whatever, modulates insulin sensitivity in humans. Basically, they did a four-month study on these guys, and uh, four consecutive blocks of one-month overnight temperature acclimation. Um, And basically what it came down to was um, diet-induced thermogenesis, when coupled with uh, cold-induced thermogenesis, it it, uh, it 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 fixed everybody's insulin sensitivity and lowered their leptin levels and things like that. So, and raised the amount of brown uh, yeah, adipose brown. Things. I'll tell you, brown fat. Uh, we've talked about it before on on the show because the science trickles out every once in a while. You know, I mean, everybody uh, who has listened, they know there's white fat, which is your normal gas tank for fat. You know, for tri- triglycerides, triacylglycerols. And then brown fat's very special uh, because it has a lot of calorie burning capacity. And there was a, for the longest time we thought only infants had enough to really do much. Uh, and but later they realized that in adults, you know, you, I mean, you got some like between your shoulder blades or some areas around your neck where you have more of this stuff. But exposing yourself to cold is one way to proliferate this brown fat. Uh, so yeah, that's interesting. I've actually thought about toying that with that. I've never done it, but I'd love to hear feedback from somebody who. Um, like if you want to diet for a show, I would think swimming in cold water every morning would just really rip up fat over the weeks because not only are people homeotherms, we got to hold 37 degrees Celsius, you know, yeah. um, but so you're stoking your furnace just to stay warm, but you're also creating more brown fat. Yeah. Well, and it's like the studies they've done on people that are climbing mountains or up in the uh, the Arctic or Antarctic and they just the, the massive amounts of calories. Oh, yeah. Through from being exposed to that yeah you know, i've seen that it's just running running super high trying yeah, to keep them alive there were some guys i was watching on discovery yeah. channel years ago and it really emphasized this because that's right i mean you and i are aware of that and when you watch it and they're like these guys they hiked across uh lake superior in the winter or something and these guys were eating like nine thousand <laughs> calories a day and i think they lost like 25 pounds a piece exactly. Yeah. They could not keep – because cold plus exercise, wow. But, yeah. And, you know, so you might think, well, why don't we – why doesn't that everybody get lean in the winter? Well, because we protect ourselves. Yeah. And the days are short and we tend to sit on our butts in front of a TV. But uh, And I'm not saying go expose yourself to extreme cold. But um, Dr. Glickman, Ellen Glickman is someone here at Kent State. She's an environmental physiologist, and that's what she does. She, she gets grants from the military, and she looks for ways to stay warm – uh, you know, thermogenesis, there's shivering and non-shivering thermogenesis. And it's actually a very interesting field. But I didn't um, – I hadn't seen anything lately at least about the insulin improvement, insulin sensitivity. Yeah. That's cool. I've been working on this, trying to raise my brown uh, fat tissue. And what I decided to do the, – the jury's still out, but I've been throwing my Highland Games with my shirt off. So I'm trying to turn all my white fat brown. There you go. By, by tanning. So I don't know if it's working yet, <laughs> yeah. but uh, I think there's something to it. Yeah, yeah, keep it up. Brown, brown fat looks better than white fat on the outside, at least. <laughs> so <laughs> I, I'm not sure it's the same thing. <laughs> uh, all right, uh, that's all I've got, actually. That's all I got too. 
Okay. Well, there you go. I think we're actually we got enough in there. Sometimes the gym talk stuff is just funny. Even if we have a topic planned, sometimes we uh, the tangents are fun. So. Yeah. So. All right. We'll call it there. Iron Radio is accepting donations. If you like what we do, the professors, the scientists, the bodybuilding show promoters, the athletes themselves in powerlifting and bodybuilding, um, please consider making a donation or maybe buying something from the ironradio.org store. Uh, We also are accepting supporting members. So for $4 a month, which is frankly less than the bank sneaks out of your account in fees, you can step up and support a form of sort of public radio for the bodybuilding and powerlifting and strength community. The Iron Radio Podcast and all of the audio on ironradio.org is for informational purposes only. If you're interested in starting a diet or exercise program, it's important to check with your physician. Also seek the help of registered dietitians, athletic trainers, and qualified exercise physiologists in order to make the progress that you need.